0: Father, thank you for your word. Your word that instructs us, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Such a dark world, this topic, there's so much darkness, but Lord, you direct us through your word. So help us, Father, to have our minds renewed, to be faithful, to love our wives, to be an example and a model. And how we handle these very intimate and delicate issues. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, brothers. Physical intimacy, sex. I don't even know if I said that word last time. I think I was maybe timid to say it, but um, it's what we're discussing. So last time what we did, just a recap... We looked at the, the, the sad fact that we have been taught by the world, primarily. Our education, when it comes to sex, when it comes to uh, the marriage bed, did not come from the Bible, did not come from our fathers sitting down with us, with a Bible open, taking us through, educating us, God's plan, God's design, the, the reason for this, the big picture. Um... At least at the last time everyone was here, nobody had that testimony. Uh, Either of y'all have that testimony? No? no. So we had a very sinful education, right? And then our experiences, uh, aside from one of us, our brother Greg, none of us were virgins when we got married. Again, has that changed with the new people we have, any virgins, you, you were all praise God, you too, wow, amen, so we got four, um, does that mean, does that mean, don't want to put you on the spot, uh, sometimes we don't go all the way, but that doesn't mean we don't have experiences when it comes to these things before marriage, if you understand what I'm saying, um, We had a sinful education. We had experiences that were wicked as well. Um, The first time you kissed someone, was it your wife? The things that you learn, these experiences, and then the exposure. We talked about pornography. We talked about this evil exposure to distorted, depraved, just the, 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 the mindset. And bringing all that in, and then entering into marriage, undoubtedly our wives suffered because of all of this baggage that we brought in. Um, And how that is absolutely going to affect this area. To acknowledge we were taught wrong, we experienced things that we never should have and we were exposed to things that should never be witnessed and take that alone and then add whatever our wives went through from abuse to heartbreak and all the rest and then you bring that together, um, there's going to be problems. And the guide, what the Lord intended is for us to not be to uh, conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds through the Word of God on this issue. And the question was asked, you know, how many of you, since you've been married, have sat down with the Bible, with your wife, and have sought to, okay, let's get our minds where it should be. Let's get our minds aligned to the mind of the Lord regarding this issue. Um, I was talking to a brother last night, and he said, on their drive to their honeymoon, um, the brother printed out the chapter from this book and had his wife read it while they were driving to their honeymoon, so that the very things I'm talking about could, in a sense, be undone um, and, and redeemed. And you think, wow, what a what a wonderful idea, right? <laughs> Um, and he said that it was so helpful and instructive. So <clears throat> that was one of the challenges last time. If you haven't done this, do it, all right? Go do that. And we've had some time and Lord willing that has been done. The fact that Christ is our example in all things and the strange notion that when it comes to the issue of sex, it's as though we turn off our Christianity. And what I mean by that is there's no time in the Christian life where we're able to just be driven by our body. There's no other area where we say, I'm just going to let my body take over. We always say, no... I will be driven by the Lord through his word as I'm thinking of Christ in all that I do from my speech to my conduct in every area of life. But it's as though when the marriage bed comes in, the idea of Christ and the selflessness of the one who came to not be served, but to serve, how it is often not even brought in to the area. And uh, the challenge was to not do that, to repent of that mindset, not let your body take over. And what was the purpose? The purpose of sex first was to be made one flesh, this <clears throat> joining together of the two main one. We looked at the um, First Corinthians passage about the one who joins himself to a harlot becomes one flesh with her, this act of sex brings two to one, and how that is what we're supposed to be doing in this illustration, um, this joining, this covenant of one flesh. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 7, the purpose of sex is to serve our spouse, uh, not to serve ourselves. Uh, we, our wives have conjugal rights, and we are to see to those rights, see to those needs, see to those desires. We're to be driven by a desire to fulfill her needs, not to get our needs met. That's her focus. And whether she's doing it or not doesn't change the fact that we have a responsibility. Right? You look at 1 Corinthians 7, the very first person who's spoken to is the husband. Husbands, see to it that you give your wife What she's owed. Because your body's not yours, it's hers. So serve her. Serve her. What if I don't get served? Love her, whether she respects you or not. Love her, whether she submits to you or not. Love her, whether she serves you or not. Because this is about Christ and not about the get back. And if you serve faithfully, the Lord promises you will be rewarded. Uh, He's not slow to forget your labor of love. He is faithful. He will make sure that you are rewarded eternally greater than anything this world can offer. And Lord willing, your wife is a willing participant to serve you as well. But whether she is or not, again, following the model and example of Christ, he did not come to be served, but to serve. But you can see how our education, our exposure, our experiences have distorted that where we're thinking like, hey, I'm out for me. And that does not fly in Christian marriage. So, that's where we stopped last time. So, <clears throat> this time, the, the rest of the, the, the chapter really emphasizes the point of knowing your wife. Right? investigating her is one of the terms that was used. Um, when we were going through Colossians 3, I made a point to, to single out the, the language there. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with her. Love your wives. There's a way that your wife likes to be loved. There's a way that your wife understands love. What you do communicates love to her. And do you, I mean, how well do you really know her? You could be married a hundred years and not know her. right? People live together all the time for years. They pass each other like ships in the night. They're roommates. They don't know one another. Why? Because they haven't done the work of investigation. I want to know you. So brothers, how well do you know your wives, their backgrounds, what they've gone through? um, This issue of sex and how everything that Look, if everything that we've gone through, our experiences, our education, our exposure, you name it, if that has impacted how we look at and handle and deal with sex, then why would we think anything different when it comes to our wives, right? This is also going to touch them. And knowing what they've gone through as the example of Christ, you can help to wash her with the water of the word help to bring her out of darkness, how to, how to think of it this way, when it comes to the amount of desire, typically men, said in the book, even if it wasn't in the book, we know it, typically men have a stronger desire for sex than women do. Not all the time, not in every case, obviously, but that's typically the situation. Um, If your wife does not have strong desires, is it a medical reason? Is that something that's even been explored? There are things that can go on inside of a woman's body that can make her not be as desirous. Um, is it something that she's gone through? Some trauma? area of abuse or some wicked boyfriend from the past who messed her up bad or, or was it a philosophy of this area of sex? Did she grow up in a very super conservative household where they were taught sex is bad, bad, bad? Or did she grow up in a, philo- a world where dad was looking at Playboy and this, that, and the other, and so it was just nasty, it was distorted, and she wants to know part of that. I mean, what what is the philosophy that she grew up with? How has that impacted her? Um, how, how educated is she on the word of God when it comes to this topic? Does she know all the passages about sexual immorality and the temptation and proverbs, you know, all the the adulterous woman and being careful and flee you for lust? And she knows all of that. I need to dress modest, she knows all of that. But does she know anything of the goodness of sex? Does she know anything of the beauty of sex? Does she know anything of the glory of it all? And have you, as her head, done the work of Leading her and shepherding her and educating her and teaching her again, not so that you can get the goods, but because you love her and you want to serve her and you want her to enjoy the fullness of what God has given. You see, that's that's extremely important. Um what does she like what does she dislike what what kind of things now, of course these are not things that we're going to talk about amongst each other because we're going to protect our wives and not expose to each other or the world the particular nuances and flavors uh that are enjoyed in the bedroom but this is homework right and think of the beauty of this to sit down with your wife and say you know I want to know you deeper than I do. I want to know what you enjoy. I want to know how I can serve you. I want to know what what disgusts you or what you don't like or, or how can I make this more enjoyable? How can I make this more pleasurable? What can I do? What should I know? So that you can get all the benefits of God's beautiful creation. I'm in this for you. I'm in this to serve you. This is about you. And I, is there a worksheet? I mean, they have them, right? <laughs> I remember early in our marriage, I did not take it seriously. So bad, Tawfiq. We, previous church, we went to, it was like a marriage conference thing, and they gave us these worksheets, and it had like um, the human body. I had a female one. She had a male one, and um, or actually opposite. And we were supposed to put on there. These are the parts of the body that we like, and this, and if you this, that, and you know, it was supposed to be a connecting thing. I really didn't take it seriously. Young, being silly, and um, I I missed that opportunity. Um, Since then, thankfully, that's been redeemed. But there are these tools out there. worksheets and things that you can find that are appropriate uh, where you can do this work and sit with her and really get to know her on a deeper level and um, investigation. How well do you know your wife? Any thoughts, comments, or questions thus far? Uh,
1: but when you find those appropriate resources, you can share them in the
0: next that, that way people are searching. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, typically in marriage books that are written by Christians, they'll have an appendices or things like that where you can do that. Um in this book itself they have these questions but yeah i'll i'll seek to uh, to share that yeah don't want y'all searching through the sludge on the internet any other thoughts or questions or comments thus far okay
1: There's that example in, in, in the Bible of if you don't do the things you're supposed to do and you just stand there then then it's not going to work out but Christ seeks to redeem his bride and, and make her beautiful and, and do all of that and, that, and that's an example it, it seems like a daunting task but Christ gave us the perfect example for it and gives us the help to, to do it
0: Right. it is a daunting task uh, it, it it is impossible. I mean, to be selfless. I mean, you, brothers, you know, when you are engaged in this beautiful uh, activity, it's extremely hard to deny yourself. It's very easy to just give in and not think about your wife. But there is where we see our limitation and the Lord's infinite resources and almighty power to help us. If you're just relying on your own ability to be self-controlled or to be kind or compassionate, you're going to fail every time. But if you again, this is the, maybe I asked this last time, but how much does prayer come into this discussion at all? I mean, how many of you pray before you go into the bed? How many of you are even praying while you're engaged, silently, inwardly, Lord, please help me to love her. Thank you for her. Thank you for giving me her. Thank you for this enjoyment, Lord. Please, uh, you know, help me. You, you know the thoughts I'm thinking, whatever it is. And um, prayer, the reliance on the Lord. What verses are in your mind when you are about to engage in this beautiful, glorious creation that God made? Are, are there any verses at all? Are, are you thinking biblically? Are you thinking eternally? Are you thinking about Christ? Are you thinking about her soul? Are you, you see, so much of our education damages this. Because she's a soul. The world would have you think, no, she's, she's just an object of your pleasure. You may not treat her that way during the rest of the 24 hours of the day, but this hour, she's just an object of pleasure. And once I get my pleasure, once I get my fulfillment, then, hey, you know, I'll do what I can. That's not Christ-like, right? We go in, whether I get anything out of this or not, I'm here to serve you. Because that's Christianity, all that we do, you give not to get back. You, you, you serve not so that somebody's going to applaud you and congratulate you. I mean, all that we do, we go evangelize. We pour out our lives for the sake of other people's souls, not expecting any of them to say thank you afterward. And we go away rejoicing, right? Lord, we were able to serve others in your name and we're grateful for it. And here you have the daughter of the king, your wife, your sister, your friend, your companion, your helper. I know every marriage, there's no perfect marriage and some marriages have more strife and struggles than others, but here she is, she's yours. And you're given the role and responsibility to shepherd her. And In this area, it's no different. In fact, what we were talking about is how much more area creates so many problems and when this is wrong it seems like everything is wrong but what he was saying is the marriage bed is actually a good indicator of how the marriage is would y'all agree with that Now, of course, you'll find exceptions, right, to the rule. Um, <clears throat> there can be all kind of things that might, uh, exceptions and all, but by and large, if you are loving your wife, and none of us loves perfectly, we are all failing at loving perfectly, but we, our aim, I love that language, right, the aim, <laughs> Aim of our charge is love. Like, we are aiming for love. We're aiming for the love that is Christ-like. And we fall short, but that's what we're aiming. Uh, if you are aiming at loving your wife and serving her and listening to her throughout the day... He, he was talking about preparing your wife, right? He used illustration of the preheating the oven. Did y'all, y'all get that, right? Those of you who bake... Um, you know that you don't just turn on the oven and throw the food in there. You have to let the oven warm up so that the atmosphere is ready to receive what you put in. And likewise, our brother was uh, counseling us that that's many a lot like how our wives work. Um, does anybody have that quotation there? Might be helpful. Um, Sorry, I usually have the page number written down, but Somebody finds it. Please read it for us. Um, Okay, good. (laughs) 152. Want to read it? Okay. On the other hand, women are typically aroused by touch rather than by sight. More time is typically needed as well. To use a helpful analogy, their passion works more like an oven that must be preheated. It has been documented that many women have to think about the prospect of sex for a while before they have any physical reaction. Now, brothers, this is foreign to you, right? This is like, what is the even talking about? This is strange. This is probably your wife. Put yourself in her shoes. Think of it. Think of all that it takes to get to the place where you would like her to be at. Maybe she would like to be more like you. Just able. A woman may have difficulty being aroused if she is tired, slightly ill, troubled by something, or even just distracted by noise. You have children in the house there's noise <laughs> right you got thin walls there's noise Duh. it would be interesting if we could get inside the head of a man and woman and see the difference in their thoughts about their times of intimacy together a woman would most likely be thinking in terms of romance and touch while a man might be thinking in terms of passion and sight So, you take us, we are very much so sight, right? We're pretty much ready to go pretty uh, quickly, and then we have our wives. It's not like that, for the most part. God could have made it easier. He could have made it where we're both the way she is, and we understand the building up and the preheating, or... Could have been very much, she could have been like us, like a lighter, just ready to go. But he didn't. He intentionally made us different and put us in the place of head, leader, so that we could serve and love and push and do all of this for her. Why? So that she could see Christ. So that she could see love, so that she could see selflessness, and thereby give glory to the Father in heaven. But let me give a a caution here, brother. It's good to preheat the oven, but we need to ask, "Why am I doing this?" Right. So throughout the day, I'm telling you, "I love you." I'm Because he talks about there should be non-sexual touches. Every touch does not need to be leading to the bedroom. Non-sexual touches. Just touching of affection, touching of comfort. Okay, amen. But why are you doing all of that? Is it I'm doing this so that you will give me what I want at the end of the day? And I know the only way to get what I want at the end of the day is if I do all this preheating stuff. So I'm going to do all this preheating stuff so I can get what I want at the end of the day. Well, that's just as selfish as not doing it. Versus the mindset of I am doing all this preheating because I know this is what it takes for you to get to the place where you can enjoy this and I want you to enjoy this. All of my behavior is for the sake of you being comfortable and at peace so you can enjoy because I want to serve you. Same actions, different motives. And you can see where your heart is at the end of the night When she's not interested, uh, I'm willing, but I'm not really interested. And you're like, after all that I did, I've been, and I've been, and I, and I, and I. And now we see who was the focus, I. Again, does your wife have responsibility to see to your needs? Absolutely. Does the Bible command her to submit? Absolutely, she's commanded to not deprive. She has commands, and before the Lord, she stands or falls. But there's no women here. This isn't the excellent wife, this is the exemplary husband, and we're the head, and we're in charge, and we're the lead, and so we set the tone. Whether they respond or not, and that's hard. Right? I mean, is that hard for anybody else when... When what you feel should be the response is not the response. But there's where our heart is exposed. Questions? Pushback? Comments? Other verses? Anything Anything at all?
2: I like the little sentence a little follow-up sentence he has to what you just read it's just a good reminder of <clears throat> he says a husband should not automatically take his wife's slower arousal as a rejection of his love or reflection of his abilities likewise a wife should not automatically take a husband's quick readiness as a sign of shallowness insensitivity or a lack of love like you said it's just how we're made like we both have to kind of work through that and Get beyond it, but yeah, we probably interpret that stuff as being like negatively, like
0: That's that's right. And exactly what you just said, brother, is one of the causes for marital strife. Is we think the worst of each other. We all we can all be tempted, or we maybe we've all fallen into it, where you do take she's not interested as there's something wrong with me maybe I'm not as good at this as I uh, thought I was. Maybe she doesn't enjoy this as much. Maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe she's thinking of someone... I mean, you can go a bunch of different places and it has nothing to do with that. Her heart is so far from that that it's heartbreaking for her to even hear you think that way and vice versa. You know, if she's looking at you like, oh, that's all you want, that's all you think about, you're just... Well, no, this is how God made us. So if we come here, and even read this chapter with your wife, as the brother I was referencing earlier did, I mean, how helpful can that be, that you say, oh, because they don't know what it's like to be a man, right, they have no experience, but we can be the ones who open up the word, and instruct them on this area, and that will allow for so much freedom, if we both know this is the situation, the enemy would seek to keep us from doing that and knowing that. Yeah, I I agree. That was extremely, extremely helpful. Um, Turn to Proverbs 5. And after this, I was hoping that we could do some questions. Maybe we'll have some, um, because pretty much we're we've covered the big picture of uh, the chapter. And I don't want to spend a year looking at leaves you know, if we get the whole forest. and a lot of this is going to be you talking to your own wife about these things and the details which I don't feel would be appropriate for me to, to do here, unnecessary. But if there's questions, certain things, certain questions, I would love to, to put our minds together and open up the Word. Uh, Proverbs 5, um, 18. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely dear, a graceful doe, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her breasts fill you with delight. What I'd like to push you towards is rejoicing and delighting in your wife. Something that can happen after the honeymoon, kids come, job routine, life gets boring, and the idea of romance, if you will, pursuing her, or the whole thing that y'all were enjoying in the early years, or even when you were courting or dating or whatever y'all did, um, you can look around and say, well, what happened to that? We're so busy, everything is going, we got this, I got that, we're doing what we got to do, and by the end of the day, y'all are both exhausted, but the Lord would have us delight and rejoice in our wives. And if you find, as you search your own heart, examine your own heart, you have respect for her, you have love for her, um, you appreciate her, and you can find all these different adjectives. Um, but delight, you may say, do I delight in her? Like, am I am I excited to see her? Do I, when I'm driving home, am I thinking, I can't wait to see her? I've been thinking about her all day. I'm rejoicing. Because I'm going to be able to see her. Not because she's all dolled up and not because she's going to... But because I love this woman that God has given to me. And if you examine your heart and you find, I don't really feel that. Then I would I would bring you here and say, brothers, pray for this. Pray that God would do this for you. Pray that He would stir up your heart with more delight and more love and examine your life and see is there anything that i'm doing that may be actually dulling my senses to her sexual immorality in any way second looks pornography it doesn't even have to be pornography just inappropriate things that you're putting before your eyes will absolutely cause you to lose delight in her That'll do it. Um, Conflicts that are not resolved quickly, hearts get hard, bitter. You begin to see possible to even despise one another. Do not let the sun go down upon your anger. Give no place to the devil. You know, you want to keep short accounts. You don't want to let things linger. You don't want to let things go. You don't know necessarily what's going on in her heart, but if there's something in yours, deal with it. If you can't let it go, deal with it. If you can't just forgive it, just deal with it. Go to her, talk about it. But this delighting, rejoice in the wife of your youth. When was the last time you rejoiced in the wife? of your youth. The Lord is able to give you this. He can give you this. He wants you to have this. You have not because you ask not, perhaps. So enjoy her. Delight in her. Investigate her. Talk to her. Sit down with her. Repent if need be. And... This is not going to be a, um, a, a, a CLEP class, right, where you can just kind of take a quick test. And, no, this is going to be a, a doctorate degree of you learning her, getting to know her. And you know what? You may sit down with her and she may say, I don't know. I really don't know. But how enjoyable will it be to find out together as you explore and investigate? Ultimately, brothers, it's about being like Christ. It's about following His example. It's about looking to Him. And when He was in the most intense physical suffering, I know so much gets put upon the spiritual suffering that He went through, absolutely. But He also suffered physically. I mean, God didn't just pour the wrath upon him in the garden of Gethsemane. He was crucified. He went through the physical suffering of crucifixion. It was real. He was a real man. In the midst of his most intense physical suffering, he was thinking of others. He was thinking of you. So as you are... Dealing with the physical difficulty of self-denial in the area of sexual uh, enjoyment. Think of Christ. Look to him. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal bodies. Gives you power to say, I can put myself on the back burner and serve her. This is so intense. I mean, the physical thing I'm feeling is so intense. There's no way that, yes, there is a way. The Spirit of God is able to give you power to put yourself last and put her first. Everything we do, brothers, is supposed to be different than the world. And this is no different. This is no exception, rather. Okay, what what questions, if any, mm-hmm. do y'all have? Y'all have. What, what are some
1: one thing you mentioned, uh, <coughs> it's about like um, having kids and uh, let's say you you want to get away with your wife, uh, take her out for dinner or and uh, I feel like they have like the idea of having a babysitter, with my children is I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't see in
0: the Bible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't see babysitters in the, I, Bible? I, I see in the Bible.
1: Okay. How um, um how does like um do that in the family? Like for example, we don't have family here. When we we are in Florida with families, we can say, "Hey, auntie, the kids are with you for a couple of hours." Uh, <coughs> I was okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was going. But one of the things you want to do is investigate your wife, right? There's a level of discomfort that she's going to have with leaving her children with anybody, even in the church. Everybody in the church necessarily doesn't bring your wife to the level of comfort as some others. So, okay, what is the hesitancy? Let, let me understand. Let, let, me, let me know what it is that you're battling with. What, what are your fears? What are your concerns? Are there any names that you feel comfortable with? Because, brothers, we got to help each other. As we want to delight in our wives, serve them, we're going to need each other. If we don't have children old enough to watch siblings, then there's us. We can look out for each other. Hey, brother, um, gladly... And you know what, I want to take mine out next week. You think we might be able to, yeah. And we do this as we seek to help one another. And to have this community of, of this very thing can be uh, extremely encouraging. Um, I know one brother, he didn't, like the, he didn't even like the language of, of date because he felt like that was worldly. And his wife didn't want to go out But just to put the kids to bed and they have their own time, you know, in the house. Hey, you got to investigate your wife. Right. Um, But you can have a picnic in the backyard. Um, You can take a walk around the neighborhood. You can. There's a lot of things that you can do if you're creative. And if you're not creative, you can ask different brothers in the church who may be more. Um, But it's this investigation to find out. You absolutely do have family here.
1: Yeah, I think that like, the only thing is that uh, <laughs> um, I feel like if, this is me, I actually surely would love to, like, hey, call Randy or someone she's like comfortable with or Miss Maria or, like, let them have the kids. I'm like, we're putting our responsibility on them. Let's not do that. I'm always the one trying to, like, hey, we need to be... Loving towards them, but at the same time, I but, but but the loving thing to do is to <laughs> allow people to follow the biblical mandate of bearing one another's burdens and not deprive them of the joy they would get by being obedient. We're going to talk about very <laughs>
0: So, question: Is it better to give or to receive? Who said that? So it's better to give. So if there are people in the church who want to follow Christ and give and you say, no, I don't want to let you give, but I'll watch your kids so you can receive. And this is my problem too, so I can relate. I have a difficulty letting people serve me. Uh, We are depriving. We're robbing people of the opportunity to do what's better. It's great to receive, but it's better to give. So... Your wife is right. Now, of course, you don't, you take the advice from the proverb, don't let your house be, uh, don't let your foot be constantly in your neighbor's house, right? You can wear out your welcome, so you don't want to exhaust that every week. And, hey, you're going to watch my kids again? Okay. Uh, But, with balance, um, and diversity, right? Sharing Sharing the load, load. Uh, many hands hands make light light that that load, load, so.
2: I was thinking about the text where they go to Jerusalem, right, and they, and Mary and Joseph believe you that know, Jesus isn't there because he's with family. Oh, they're with the family life. They're with other people. I think it may be even family. I can't remember what they specifically yeah. say or I think it's. are babysitting.
1: In days. In those days.
2: I noticed in that in the That's good. The Bible I got that the Greek word is babysitters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Luke 2, 44, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances.
1: Acquaintances.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Acquaintances. Any other
2: questions? Yeah, I remember like we were Googling early, like
0: what's the youngest legal age that you can leave your kids in the house like Texas Texas has different laws than most places, so you can you can leave your kids actually pretty young in Texas. (laughs) <laughs> Physical intimacy. Any other thoughts or questions? Man, I thought y'all would have had more. I remember we. We kind of touched on this once in the early stage of looking through this book, and there were so many questions about, what about this, what about that? So I was certain y'all were going to have some, but it's good. I guess y'all just investigate with your wife, and you already have your answers.
2: I have some questions outside of the topic a little bit, but it's related, like, how to educate your kids, like, the age and...
0: Very good question. Yeah, that's definitely on topic, uh, because we don't want to repeat what we did, right? So, mm, my recommendation, and is to begin talking with your children as early as possible about sex according to their age and using so here here's something that we 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 we, we had happen we encouraged our children read the bible cover to cover so bible starts in the old testament does not take very long before they're saying what does it mean he knew her (laughs) what i mean he knew her he lay with her um he he took her, what is, rape? I mean, they're reading the Bible, right, this is not, they're looking at some craziness, the Bible, it prompts questions, if you just send your children to read the Bible, they're going to come with questions, and so if you think ahead and say, okay, I know they're going to read this, so I'm going to set them up for success rather than failure, um, we want our children to know. Now, Adonai and Isaiah, I waited until probably about a month ago to talk with them both uh, because, you know, there was concern and will it be too much and we don't want to put thoughts in their heads and don't want to wake in love before time and all that. Uh, I would not recommend waiting until your son is 14 um, to talk to him about these things, but... Uh, yeah, there's ways to talk to a, a two-year-old, right, that's going to look different from a, a, a 12 and a 16 and so forth. But we, we what we want to do is we want to get ahead of the world because they're coming and they're not even, there was a time when it was more subtle <laughs> and now it's not even, they're going to just talk to our children about sex they're going to talk to our children about homosexuality and all other kinds of depravity and it's going to be thrown at them like just walking down the street you're at HEB you're not even there your wife is with your kids they're at HEB and here are two men in front of them one's dressed like a woman they're kissing each other and your children are like what is this what they look to the left and here's a magazine cover what is that i mean you can't get away from it so we have to get ahead of the world to set our children up in the context of the Word of God so that they are prepared and equipped and aware of what God says. Now, I don't believe in putting graphic images in the minds of little children. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's helpful. Um, You know, uh, but I do think that there are things that can be shared. For example, I'm trying to think of some examples. I've
2: got for an appointment. Okay, Great brother. To Grace
0: to you. Uh, anybody have <clears> any throat> examples? Throat> any of y'all done, done this?
1: One thing I was going to say is not inventing story. Like, um, I remember very young I asked my mom, hey, how did you get pregnant? How did you, how did you have it? And that she told me like, a main belief story that stays, stays with me until this day. She's like, I put some white beans in the fridge, <laughs> I ate it after three days, and then I got pregnant. It's worse than the story. White beans. Yes, be they
0: have to be white beans. Yeah. How'd you come out brown then?
1: I know. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but I was like very little. Um, but um, but my daughter, yeah, I think she, the girl, she's like, she was like, hey, I'm gonna marry daddy. I'm gonna be, in Georgia you're gonna marry mommy. And then she realized, oh, we are your children. We cannot marry. Of uh, our parents, so I'm gonna marry you, JoJo. and then, No, I cannot marry you, my brother. And and we get, I'm like, yeah, there is a time in life, like um, the Lord. Um, first of all, the person you wanna marry has to be a Christian, so you need to find a Christian. Um, and uh, do not be uh, uncle, you with darkness. Um, and then, and hey, how about babies? I'm like, uh, the Lord will help you. It will show you how to make babies. It's like. uh, One of the things
0: things we taught our children very young is the purpose for their um, uh, private parts. I was trying to think of another word. Um, It's for using the restroom, cleaning yourself, and it's for your husband or your wife. That's what God gave it to you. And you don't know what that means, but I'm just giving you the big picture of this is what it's for. So, and what are we trying to do? Keep them away from the thought of this is to play with. This is to conduct scientific experiments, uh, which is what some parents tell their children. No, this is for restroom, cleaning, marriage. Do you have a wife? Do you have a husband? Nope. So if you're not doing these two things, there's no other purpose. So just giving them because they have bodies, they're looking at them and they want to know, what is this for? Why do I have what I have? And so we build upon that as they get older. And by the time we sit down and uh, have the talk, um, they're already somewhat aware, right?
2: Was funny to us is I think it was a couple years ago when we tried to sit down and kind of go through some of the details of mechanics and how all this stuff works. Like Brooklyn, especially, like I don't know how she was, but she already knew. She's like, Yeah, I already know all that. We're like, how do you know all that? She's like, Because she was like getting in, she wanted to be a vet. So she's like watching all these documentaries on it, you know, animals and her dogs being weirdos. And she, kind of, she already knew like what the mechanics of it was. So we're like, Oh, like we surprised surprise us this year to do like some of the I guess you'd say some of the basics is how that stuff works but they're not dumb you know like (laughs) they figure it out pretty quick so yeah better to preemptively strike you know and I'm assuming like the earlier the better because I think a lot of the problem comes from just like curiosity you know like you know, especially as a kid, you're just, like, wondering stuff. So, you are like, maybe hey, we, we had internet already, which was bad. So we were, like, trying to fit, learn to figure stuff out and just... But if you take the curiosity out early, you know what I mean? They, they already know what it's for. It's not so much, like, they're wondering, they already know. Right. Hopefully that might,
1: you know?
0: Yeah. And monitor what goes in, right? Uh... All things are not good to show your children, and they can stir up thoughts, they can stir up emotions, feelings. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to have in your DVD library or stream service, but consider what goes in affects you. And you know that very well yourself because you've been affected by what's gone in. So just just be mindful of that as well because those things are teaching. They are preaching, they're instructing. And so just be aware of that as well. Little house on the prairie. Little house on the prairie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it got a little sketchy though, towards the end, like the later seasons. Oh, yeah. I maybe mean, it just gets a little more like.
1: <laughs> you get that far yet. Right.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it just like stuff happens that's like real. Um, I guess just another level of like maybe kids being real, like rape and things like that happens, you know, oh, wow. like uh, in the later seasons. And it wasn't like so, it was getting so much more liberal. I think it was just getting a little more mature in the content, but. Like you say, the Bible talks about that. It's not like it's something kids don't need to be aware of. I think they do need to be aware of that for their own safety. Like, so they kind of are careful sometimes, you know,
0: in the or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ch- children, you know, saying things like... Uh, I'm thinking of your children, brother, as they're memorizing or have memorized some of them the Sermon on the Mount. And here's Jesus talking about Adultery, looking with lust. You know, okay, well, what's adultery? And what do they know about mommy and daddy? They know mommy and daddy sleep in the same bed. They know mommy and daddy kiss one another. They know mommy and daddy are able to see one another without clothes. They know that already. Okay, so adultery is doing those things with somebody else who's not your... your, You don't even have to go and open up their minds to these graphic things, just take what they already see, already know, and use that. Again, we're just trying to build off of that. Um, And then, yeah, when you're dealing with these mature issues, like Dinah is raped very early in the Bible, and it's an outrageous thing to defile. What does that mean? So you can build off of those things using what they already know. Rape is where you force somebody to act like they're your spouse. You're forcing them. They're not your spouse. They didn't sign up for this, and you're making them. And now you can use that to teach them. So should you ever, right, put your hands on someone else? Should you ever, this is that. Uh, These are some things that we've done that have been helpful. Helpful. Anything else, brothers? All right, well, let's pray. Father, you know us, you know our marriages, you know what they're really like. You know our wives, even Brother Carlos here, desire to be married. You know his journey as a single man seeking to glorify you and all that he does in this time that he has as you're trying to prepare to be a husband. Lord, you know it all. You know what we're all going through. You know what we deal with. You know our struggles. You know the battles. And Lord, you more than anyone else know the commands. You know what your word says about sex. Father, we want our minds to be aligned to yours. We want our hearts to beat like yours does. Uh, we we want to serve and love our wives in this area like Christ. So we ask you to help us, give us humility, uh, give us more grace, give us more of your spirit, give us eyes that see Christ in all things that we wouldn't tell him to wait outside the bedroom until we are finished, uh, but that he would be glorified in the way that we surrender our own desires for the sake of our wives. Lord, may the marriage beds in our church be as you intended. In Jesus' name, amen.